0: Hello friends, welcome back to the What Now podcast. Today we have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Courtney Reed. Courtney is the CEO and designer behind Sign by Dalia, a fashion brand based out of Toronto, Canada. This brand is unique in the sense that everything is handmade and designed by her to best fit the customer needs and wants, making pieces long-lasting and of great quality. I myself own a couple pieces and absolutely love them. Today, we will dive into her story behind the brand as well as the creator herself. Courtney, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, how are you? I'm good.
0: I'm doing fantastic. Honestly, I'm a little bit annoyed because it is so cold in Ontario. (laughs) So that part, I'm not happy about. But aside from that, I'm doing great. First and foremost, I would love to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. Thanks
1: for having me here.
0: Allow me to tell the story behind your brand. First question that we're going to begin with is a very broad question, but how do you define fashion?
1: I think that's a hard but also an easy question. I feel like fashion is definitely a form of self-expression. So when you're happy, you're probably going to wear like your happy clothes, so maybe bright colors. When you're sad, you're probably going to wear dark colors, or maybe just as a person, you dress all in black all the time, or maybe you dress all in monochrome. Fashion, I find, is you can look at people and you can almost tell the type of person they are, or at least get a sense of them through what they're wearing, how they dress, what they accessorize with. So fashion is definitely, I think, a form of self-expression for sure.
0: Are you self-taught or did you study fashion?
1: So I grew up with my grandma who was a seamstress so she was always making clothes when I was younger I would always spend lots of time with her like as a child in her sewing room and she would always create clothes for me and my cousins so I wasn't self-taught but I kind of grew up in an environment where she was always sewing and making clothes and kind of impressing on me how clothes should be made and the inner workings of clothes but I did go to George Brown for fashion and design and that's really where I gained my well the tools to start creating things myself.
0: Would you say that your grandma is one of the biggest inspiration that you have for creating pieces?
1: Yeah, yeah for sure I think even just both grandmothers in different ways. In terms of my grandmother, that who my company is named after, Dahlia. That's actually her name. So I name my company after her. It's kind of like a love letter to her. So that's why it's called Signed by Dahlia. And so she inspired me for sure. Because again, when I was younger, she would always let me choose different elements of the garment that I could change. So. When she was creating a piece for me, I remember creating my graduation dress with her. She would always ask me, like, okay, what do you want to change? And, like, in that way, that's really how I came to create different things because I was always able to change the clothing that she was making for me. On the other side, my dad's mother was just always this very strong individual, and she was so sweet and always kind of was a happy presence in my life. and. Just the way that she kind of held everyone together also helped. Well, is helping me now in my company and how I run things. Both of them were really inspirations.
0: I love that. I love that having a grandmother who inspired you to eventually create the company and name it after her is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful story. I wasn't even aware of the story behind. Yeah, <laughs> Simba Dalia. Uh, it's quite wonderful. Would you consider yourself an artist, a designer, or a creator?
1: So. I find that you can be all and one at different times. So I consider myself a designer just because I create clothing and in that sense I'm a designer and so I'm designing pieces but also in a way there's a certain artistry to it because I want my clothes to look a certain way and be designed a certain way so I'm kind of taking artistic talents I find in that sense and applying them into the designs that I'm creating for my company and then in that sense I guess under that umbrella it's being a creator right? Yes. Um, I do also draw a little bit. I'm not the best, but it's kind of like it's a little side thing of my business is to create illustrations. So I guess in a way I would consider myself all of the above, but mainly a designer.
0: The first memory that I have of you is the illustration that you were talking about. Yeah. I used to see you just illustrate big, beautiful gowns and big, beautiful dresses. So when I think of you, I think of those gowns. Man, she used to make so many sick things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. She makes
0: so many sick clothing, and it was like, oh, I hope one day she creates those pieces and make them come to life. Yeah. And Now we're maybe five years in, and. The company is here, yeah. and you have beautiful creations on Instagram, and people wear your clothing.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you say that, actually, because a lot of my friends in school when I was younger was always drawing in my notebook, so I would always be, like, designing clothes on the side. So a lot of my friends now, or past acquaintances now, but past friends who see me doing what I really love now talk to me and say... I remember when you were drawing clothes in your notebook. Like, I have friends from high school who would say, in art class, I remember you drawing designs all the time in your art sketch pad so it's funny you say that because a lot of people their first like recollection of me is drawing designs in my notebook
0: did you keep any of those notebooks
1: oh I have all of them because they're all inspiration to me like I have some from when I was in grade school I have some from high school if I find notes where I have a drawing on the side I keep them and store them just oh, for wow. inspiration. Have you
0: used any of those drawings as inspiration to create anything that we see today?
1: I think that they're all too extravagant for what I'm doing <laughs> now. I would like to get to the point where I've that's a part of my business as well, like gowns. And you have seen me create some dresses and stuff, but not on that scale of <laughs> of what I was doing before. like no. In terms of like drawing. Fair
0: enough. It takes a lot of time, I would imagine. Yeah. Especially because you do create every single piece yourself.
1: So, because I want to expand, it's all created in Canada, but it was mainly just me at the beginning, and now because I've started to get into pop-ups and I've started to be in stores, like we were in a pop-up in Nordstrom recently, So I need help. I can't do it all on my own because there's so much that goes into the sewing, the process, which maybe we can talk about that in a bit. But because there's so much that goes into that process right now, I'm not doing all of it, but all of the designs and all of the pattern drafting, which is hard to explain, but like the patterns of the designs are all created by me. So it's all me, but now it's just outsourcing it and getting people to help me sew those things.
0: Okay, makes sense. Of course, having a, a successful business is not easy to do by yourself, especially sewing twenty pieces of clothes. Like it would take forever.
1: Yeah, and we haven't even got into the process before that. Like I don't just. I feel like a lot of people think that you just draw something down on paper and then you cut out what you drew. But if you're actually dive into it, it's a whole process of then creating the garment that you made on paper by drawing a pattern for that and a pattern is kind of a map so i have to create that map in order for myself to sew it and then after that i'm also still creating each separate size so you have to proportionally increase each pattern in order for it to fit different sizes
0: i mean since we're already talking about the process of it we might as well keep going
1: yeah so as i was saying before i start off with a drawing And then after the drawing, I sit down and I take a pattern block. So that's like, for example, your torso. I would take a generic block that I have that maybe I got from school or one that I create myself. And then I shift that pattern and make a bunch of changes in order for it to look similar to what I created on paper. So it's like a 2D version before it gets sewn together to create the 3d version which is eventually your clothes and then after i've created the 2d version i'm then increasing it like i said proportionately so that it will fit like an extra small small medium large extra large double xl and this is something that i actually want to show in my instagram because it's really hard to explain by talking about it but once you see me create it you'll be like oh i can kind of understand how that works but yeah so that's a whole nother process, which takes a long time before I even get to sewing. So
0: (laughs) for myself, all that I think about when it comes to clothing, yeah, going to the store and getting it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't think about
0: the, the process behind the creation.
1: Right. Not a lot of people think about that. Some designers outsource their production, or some people just straight up buy things from other countries and then bring it here. and. We stuff. don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. We create.
0: We're creators. We don't do that we're,
1: we're creating from scratch here. So I'm literally like it's a design that comes from my head or me finding a design that I really like and then seeing... How I can change that? Probably a bunch of changes. Making my own patterns and my own changes and then, again, putting it down on paper and then grading it and then after that, then having it sewn. So because that takes so long, I have to have help, right? Of course,
0: of course, of course. There's no way you'd be able to do all these things by yourself. To be able to create five dresses, it would take you months and months.
1: Exactly. And I do it by hand and a lot of small designers do do it by hand, but If you're a larger company, you can also invest in the software that helps you to do that. I'm trained on that because I went to school for it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's so much faster if you're a large company to just kind of click a a few buttons and then you have your small, medium, large, extra large. I'm doing that all by hand. so.
0: So, at this point, what does it mean to you to create something that you're passionate about? Seeing it come to life, define a product. What does it mean to you when you see it?
1: It's amazing. I... Again, I've always been interested in fashion and designs, and I think we'll get into kind of where I've traveled to in a bit, but just seeing something that came from my head into real life is always just so cool. Yeah, It is,
0: it is, it is. Especially for myself, starting this podcast, being able to record, finding people to record with, and then eventually releasing an episode and having it on the internet. And then seeing your work on the internet is like one of the most fascinating things Ever.
1: And now you're immortalized. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the web, baby. <laughs>
0: no, I love it. I love it. I love, I love people who are creators. I think every single person who has a passion should 100% follow it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's all about your happiness. Yeah. And whatever it is that you're doing brings you happiness. Why not just pursue it all the time? Yeah. You just do it all the time. So you were formally trained. You went to school for it. Yeah. And then yeah. you also traveled quite a bit. Yeah. Where have you been?
1: So, I mean, in the age of today, me traveling quite a bit, I don't know if I can say that I've traveled a lot. I'd say I've traveled I've traveled well. For, well, okay. okay. <laughs> I have some friends. They've been to like 20 countries, 30 countries, so I be like uh, I'm really lagging behind. But, yeah, so I've been to Jamaica tons of times because that's my background. I'm Jamaican. My parents' parents were Jamaican. I've been to... Italy, I've I've been to Japan, I've been to England, I've been to Paris for a little bit and each of those places, oh I don't know if I said China, I taught a year in China. That was probably one of the biggest influences in my life just because I was there for a year. I was teaching English but while I was there I just saw the style that the Chinese had, and I thought it was so cool and so different from anything I had ever seen. How is it different
0: from North America, for example?
1: Well, I think the main difference for me was that the men there, there's no, oh, I can't wear pink because I'm a guy, which... You, someone who's like very fashionable, reject that notion completely. Like no, y- I, I've seen you in every color possible, but I feel like in North America there's like this thing about guys wearing pink.
0: There's a stigma attached to you, pink yeah. for some reason. Like People it's reject feminine pink or
1: something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh,
0: you're such a feminine. It's like no, it's a color. Yeah, like any other that you can put on your body. If you like it, you should always exactly. wear it. Yeah. I don't associate anything with color. I don't associate anything with being feminine. Yeah. Anything of that nature. If I like it, I'm gonna put it on my body.
1: And there, I saw men wearing pink. I saw them carrying their significant other's purse (laughs) as if it was their own.
0: Honestly, purse (laughs) should be brought back. Men should be wearing purses. And
1: they didn't care about it. I guess because maybe people there realized like, oh, that's their significant. But, uh, But there, a lot of men had like man bags whereas here, which were smaller man bags, not necessarily the bigger ones that guys were here for like their laptops and all that stuff. So I just found that the style of the guys I found really interesting, the style of the women, like so many, I saw a woman scaling the Great Wall of China in heels, coming down the steps in heels, and if anyone's ever been there, those steps are extremely steep, and they're doing it like it's nothing. Like, they wear heels frequently everywhere, in, on cobblestone rows, everything, just like it's nothing.
0: I'm trying to imagine that in my head, and my feet are bleeding. No, i Just and, thinking about it.
1: Yeah. You'd think that, but they do it so naturally. I just found everything about their style, and they wear all sorts of colors, and it's almost like it's a contemporary style, but then on the same hand, you also have the influences from, I don't want to say anime, but like the influences from Asia, so everything's a lot more colorful there, mm-hmm. I found, where North America, I find that we dress so much in dark colors.
0: Because we're trying to be
1: (laughs) minimalistic. We're
0: trying to be cool. Whatever that means.
1: I don't know. But yeah, I found that that was probably a a big difference for me too. The color versus not. Because you
0: mentioned anime. I think I draw a lot of my inspiration from anime. Yeah. Because watching anime, you see so many different colors. Yeah. And it just looks beautiful. This looks good. I'm going to try it out. So I think in Asia, they have that sense of liberation. And just being free to be whoever you want, whatever you want wherever you like. But in North America, I don't understand why there's such a stigma with colors. Yeah. I work in a restaurant and you'll have certain men order a drink and their body's sitting there and be like, ooh, that's a woman drink. Right? That's a feminine drink. Yeah. Why? It's a drink.
1: For all that sometimes that we criticize other countries, I find that North America has specific things that they find feminine and non-feminine and tend to stick to those labels I buy guys clothing all the time but heaven forbid I suggest to my significant other that he should wear something that a woman could possibly wear like it's just a no for him and that also could be in terms of Caribbean men I find that they're also in terms of the masculine feminine thing, they have very strong borders of what is masculine and feminine and mm-hmm. they won't go past that.
0: Which is fair to each their own. Whatever, <laughs> close your boat, do whatever makes you happy. I'm trying
1: I to do. open that up.
0: No, let's open that up. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love for that to be opened up yeah. because I think if you open your mind up, you experience so much more.
1: And it's interesting because I bet you anything, they could look at someone like you and be like, he's so fashionable, but then be so unwilling to try the things that you probably wear on a daily basis.
0: Right? And then the question becomes, why? Yeah. But that's a conversation for another <laughs> yeah. day. We can sit here all day talk about <laughs> this. I want to hear more about Italy.
1: After I went to George Brown for fashion and design techniques, there was a position that they were giving away, and you had to interview for it to be an intern in Italy. And so I was one of the people who was able to go to Italy with a friend of mine who was actually at school. So two of us went, and we interned at this company called Daniela Dalla She's an Italian brand who creates clothing, and it's very closely linked to her art. So something that really reflected and resonated with me. To go there was just a dream. Her whole building is like an art building. There were tons of like secret passageways and the lighting, there was tons of natural light and the building looked like an architectural wonder. It was one of the coolest buildings I've ever been in like architecturally, in mm. whether here or there. It was a very modern building and all of her art is everywhere and she ties that into her clothing and the pieces that she sells and so it was really cool to kind of work there and be in that environment and learn from people in the business. I was there for two months and again just being around all of the culture and the style there again, completely different from China but also very different from here. Women who were older I found there dressed exceptionally. They wore Beautiful long, fully skirts, like their fashion was just on point. Whereas I find that, and this is not an insult to hear, but I feel like it, it is. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> it's it <time>. is.
0: <laughs> y'all need to step y'all games up.
1: As we get older here, I feel like people almost maybe think that, oh, I don't know. It's not a lost cause, but I just found that there they were so colorful and they had lots of accessories like bracelets or necklaces. They were very much in the fashion scene. Whereas here, Sometimes you don't see too many people who are older involved in that whole scene. So I yeah, found right. it so interesting and just so beautiful how they were just unapologetically Italian in the way that they like dressed and their style. And it was awesome.
0: No, I love that. Is there anywhere else that you've been to? Japan. You had to talk about Japan.
1: Japan. Well, I was there. Okay. Japan, I was there for maybe a week. Mm -hmm. maybe a bit less. One of my friends was there so I got to visit while I was in China. Japan also their fashion scene. Obviously there's so many things about Japan. They're influenced by just anime and just a lot of Asia so all those colorful colors but like their minimalist scene is so cool there and their brand scene is awesome in terms of come to Gerson. I went to a store there and that was really cool to see like one of the brands that I just admire so much. I got to Go in one of their stores. I don't know if we have one here, but just everything about Japan, like Harajuku, that whole alley, that was just everything about Japan. Like I don't even know where to begin or where to end. It's just I loved it. <laughs> I have to go back.
0: We were just talking about one of your favorite brands being Comme des Garçons.
1: Yeah. So come dig our songs, inspired by them artistically, maybe not necessarily in terms of my designs. My favorite brand would probably be Cecile Banson. She makes such whimsical dresses and I find that I'm inspired by her a lot. Like flowy, like very feminine, very, very feminine dresses and pieces. Versace I love, but in terms of how they design versus I design, like completely separate. I just like the sharpness of Versace and I, lo- I love all the gold. Hard to pin down one specific mm-hmm. brand. I think again, Cecilia Benson is one of my favorites.
0: The question is, yeah. why do you do what you do?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think it's Because I feel like I can give another perspective to fashion that maybe people haven't seen before. So again, in terms of my style and the way that I design, as you know, I design for women, but I also design for men. And I find that my designs, the range of them are so big, I have to put things into like a category or a theme in order to kind of bring myself in because I could design a ton of dresses that are for weddings and, and that are very different but then I can also design a ton of streetwear. I find that The different elements that I bring into each of those types of design, whether streetwear or couture type garments or everyday garments, I'm always trying to elevate them in order to make them seem unique and functional at the same time. So if I'm doing maybe a dress, most of the time I want to ensure that there's pockets in there. Why? Because I'm a woman and I know that a lot of dresses don't have pockets
0: why don't women pants and dresses have pockets
1: (laughs) and women are so happy when they do have pockets they're like oh my gosh this dress has pockets and i don't know i mean it's obviously cheaper to produce things that don't have pockets in them right because you're using more fabric in order to do that that's more sewing time so i guess it would just be cheaper but i find that when you do put pockets like such a little simple thing with your design everyone's like oh it has pockets (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i know because i'm a woman and men have pockets in everything but yet women don't and men carry a small little wallet and women have the biggest purses
0: i have a theory (laughs) i think women don't have pockets so then they have to buy purses
1: oh you know what that's also probably very true it just sounds realistic. <laughs> right? Because how can you sell women purses if they if they have pockets? Have pockets?
0: Especially if they have big pockets like men do. You can just put your mm-hmm. granola bar, your umbrella, and all these things that you own.
1: But on the other hand, I feel like we're at the day and age where women carry so much in their purses that even if they have pockets, there's so many. Characters. I
0: have a friend who has everything that you can think of on the face of the earth in her purse. <laughs> oh, if you're right. sick, she has everything. She has yeah. the medicine. <laughs> She has bananas if you you need it. She has granola bars if you're hungry.
1: Convenience store. (laughs) Yeah,
0: convenience store, essentially.
1: I love that. And also, I feel like that's too why I kind of wanted to, with my fanny pack, which is something that I carry, I wanted to make a bunch of different sizes so that, again, if you carry a lot with you, then you can buy a bigger fanny pack and all of your stuff can go in there. And if you think that you're going to not really need the space, then you just buy a smaller fanny pack and you're kind of set, like the whole hands-free thing that's why I really loved like fanny packs aside from the style to create them for people who really wanted to have their hands available while you know doing everyday things
0: fanny packs are clutch. I love fanny packs
1: yeah they're taking over the world and everyone's like oh they're coming back and I'm like they've been back for a long time
0: You're just a little behind (laughs)
1: me. They've been back for a while. Like, they're such a staple in everyone's clothing now. You go out, and everyone's wearing a fanny pack of some kind if they're like out on a walk or, you know, wherever they are for the most part.
0: Do you follow trends?
1: I myself am really trendy the way sometimes that I dress. She's wearing overalls, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if overalls is really like a trend right now, but again, I love. Following the trends and seeing what's trendy, but then when I design, I try and design pieces that I know are going to last a while. So pieces that aren't are maybe have some trend in them somewhere, but then on the other hand, you could wear it for a long time. Again,
0: Everlasting, baby.
1: Yeah. Personally, I love just seeing what new trends and I find that as a designer, you should be aware but again, so many things are coming from my head that I don't necessarily, I'm always paying attention to trends. Like something that come out of my head that's not trendy at all, or maybe even is a trend from another moment in time that I still would love to create.
0: What was it like when you saw your dress on the social?
1: Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I had no idea it was going to be on the social. A lot of people were asking me, did you know it's going to be? I had no idea. My mom actually was watching the social randomly. So this was all chance that we saw it at the exact moment it was happening because my mom was scrolling through channels. To be honest, I don't really watch too much TV, especially because again, I'm sewing and designing and I have to do all the sizing and all of that stuff. So I really listen to a lot of podcasts or streaming things that I can just stream and leave in the background. But so my mom was watching the social and she... Sends a message to our group chat and is like, Oh, I see this dress and it looks a lot like your dress, Courtney, but I'm not sure. (laughs) And I'm like, no, like it can't be. And I kind of got angry because I'm like, why would you send me this dress that's on TV and I'm thinking it's maybe my dress? And so I investigated. I asked her, like, what show is this? Because she sent us a blurry picture, you know how moms are. She was like, it's on the social. And so I started Googling the social and my significant other was with me and he was saying, let me try and get the social on like my Rogers TV. He pulls it up and there's the dress and there's (laughs) I am Jim sitting in the dress and I was like, oh my gosh, that's my dress. Like this is amazing. (laughs) And so I'm just so happy. We watched the rest of the episode and I couldn't believe it. Like I just couldn't believe, like, dude, I just started my business like a year and a half ago. My dress is on the social. What the heck? So I was just so happy at that moment when you
0: saw your dress on the social did it validate all the work that you had been doing
1: i feel like it did yeah as a creator you don't always want to like market your stuff push people to like wear your stuff and i had reached out to like a few influencers before to see if they would collab and unfortunately no one really got back to me and so Having just my dress be in a store, it was in the Nordstrom pop-up, and I guess she or someone from her team went to the Nordstrom pop-up, and they bought it from there. Like, I got a sale from it instead of giving it to anyone for free. I was just kind of like, yeah, like, F yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, like, started being Kanye, like, I'm the best. Like, this is awesome. I can do this. Like, this is what my stuff was meant for. So yeah, I
0: definitely felt validated. I love, I love seeing you in this moment right now, and how happy you are, and how big your smile is. Because that's what it's all about—creating yeah. stuff and then seeing it in the, seeing people wear it, yeah. and feeling like,
1: oh, yeah,
0: this was all worth it. Yeah, all the hours that I put in is finally worth it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it.
1: And especially too, I think as a creator, when you start out too, and I'm sure eventually you'll, when your podcast is like huge, you'll start to find that people will want things from you. So like whether they want to come on your podcast or not, and you might necessarily not know, you know, if you want to have them on or something, but a lot of people will want stuff from you for free. Like a lot of friends of mine might want things that they may not necessarily be willing to pay you for and so at that moment it was like people are willing to pay me for my stuff as a creator as an artist as a designer and so again like kanye like f yeah like now like let's do this like let's get people like paying for my stuff and now y'all should be like friends who should be supporting you and paying you for your stuff Now like this is the moment. So if you were trying to get stuff for free, like you Miss before, your book, baby. Yeah, like you missed it. Like those cheap prices I was giving you before, like now I'm starting to charge what I should be charging. Like I'm not underpricing my stuff. You still have to make profit as an artist and as a creator. For some reason, I find that in the arts, people aren't really necessarily willing to pay you for your time and energy and like The value that it actually is
0: i feel like they don't understand the work that goes into producing whatever it is that you're working on
1: i think that could be it but i find that it would be interesting if on the flip side if someone was a lawyer and you were like oh so you know you want to hook me up with some some free service advice or you know some free you want to defend me like they'd be like no what do you mean i have to charge for hour
0: (laughs) (laughs) now that we're talking about the business side of it yeah what are some of the struggles you have faced as the CEO of the business as well as designer of the business.
1: I think as the CEO, again, it's always hard to find ways to expand your business. I think that's probably the hardest thing is finding ways to expand in order to make it profitable so that I can do this full-time. Right now it's still kind of part-time for me. I Mm -hmm. do have another job, but as CEO, right? You have to, especially if you want to make this your full time thing. Like, you have to expand and you have to find ways to make your business profitable so that you can just do your passion, right? So that's probably the most challenging thing I would say. As a designer, I find that there's just so many challenging things. Can I take on this? Maybe this is also the side of the business, but can I take on this custom client and know that I'm going to be paid properly for my time? Like I try and with custom, I don't really necessarily even accept too much like custom in terms of like, I'm just designing this one piece for this one person, because it is very time consuming. And I won't be selling that to somebody else necessarily. Like it's a lot of times where I have to decide, well, I might not have time. So that's why normally um, I do custom in the summer. Mm -hmm. Also, I find that as a designer, a lot of people want you to do custom things that they're pulling from other small designers or other designers. I try not to do that. Even when we were just having a conversation about your jacket the other day, when you said, like, I had artistic freedom, I was like, yes, that's amazing. So I find that that's really a struggle as a designer because – there's been times where I've had to say, I don't do designs from other people. We have to find a way in order to make this legitimately custom, like something that's new and mm-hmm. not just something that we're pulling from somewhere else. Well,
0: of course, if you're asking a designer to design your piece of clothes, yeah. like you would want their own personal design.
1: That's what you would think.
0: If you want something <laughs> from somebody else, go get it from somebody else.
1: Right, that's what you would think. Sometimes it's friends too, so it's like they're pulling things from the internet and then throwing it at you and being like, hey, can you make this for me? And I'm like, well, I'd rather you just go pay that independent designer for what they're making because I know how it feels, first of all. And second of all, because maybe it's just my ethics, but I find that I'm not going to copy other people's stuff.
0: Do you think ethics is important when it comes to design?
1: I was having a conversation about another designer with this, and (laughs) we were saying how almost at this point you The people who are buying might not know, but as designers, you know what your ethics are and kind of I'm not really willing to change my ethics. What are some of those ethics
0: that you're talking about?
1: I don't want to copy from other people. I mean, as designers, a lot of people, of course, you're going to pull some inspiration from this sleeve or that particular detail, but to take the entire style and just be like, okay, now I'm selling this, aside from generic designs, right? Like a pant, one person doesn't have, own a, a basic pant or like a basic overall yeah whereas yes, like yes. if you're starting to steal the details and designs of things that are unique then i think you're on a path where if you just start copying and stealing every single piece from someone like are you really designing anymore
0: do you think that's why it makes creating a fashion brand so hard yeah like i have friends myself included i tried to start a fashion brand a long time ago hey. <laughs> <laughs> i sewed a pair of pants and a t-shirt yeah and then i was like no this is too much like i can't <laughs> do this
1: <laughs> i'm happy that you sewed it though my
0: roommate at the time
1: yeah
0: reed who i'm actually going to interview for the podcast yeah. as well. fantastic guy he was taking seamstress lessons oh
1: wow so he
0: was teaching me yeah. how to sew and we we're both very much into fashion right. and creating things yeah so he had the idea that we could start a fashion brand. Yeah. So we put some sketches together. Yeah. and did all the sketches. And once we went to do it, we did the shorts and the, the t-shirts. <laughs> Bro, this is taking way too much time. <laughs> I don't have the time or the energy for this.
1: Oh my gosh. And again, like, I find that it's a very complicated kind of like rabbit hole to go down. Because there are some people who literally just copy everything. As a matter of fact, on top of that, they're just buying stuff from other places. I wouldn't consider... Unfortunately, like, sorry if you do this. And it's fine. It's still a business. Like, you're still a business person if you're buying stuff and selling it. There's business in that. However, if you're saying, like, you're designing stuff, for me, those ideas should be coming from your head. Of course. And you should be translating those into pieces for people to wear or not wear. Like, whether it's art or whatever. That's designing. There are brands who are very minimalistic. Those minimalist designs are still Mm designs. So I just find that it's important to know where your line is as a designer, at least for me, like what my line is, right?
0: So you're telling me if I go buy a hoodie and slap my logo on it, I'm not designing.
1: Well, technically, like it's an artsy design. Some people want to call themselves that. That's fine. But personally, like if I then made the hoodie and like changed things about the hoodie, then I would consider that kind of design. It's almost maybe the person who does the hoodie is like a creator, right? Fair, fair. Or the creative director, because right. you're putting what you think looks best on a hoodie. I guess, who am I to judge? But on the other hand, I feel like there's a strong difference between people who are taking things from their head and literally forming a whole pattern like not just sending it off somewhere i mean if you have a sketch and you're sending that sketch off somewhere to be yeah, created okay, technically okay. you're still designing yeah right? okay, okay. that's coming out of your head between people who are like designing from their head and people who are taking things and kind of putting things on them and being like okay i'm a designer now like we at eat that bad. <laughs> no you're not (laughs) i don't know who am i to say but that's how i feel about it yeah
0: no that's fair everybody has their their own feelings about these kind of things and this is how you feel that's perfectly fine (laughs) as far as the business yeah Is there anybody helping you with the business aspect side of things?
1: For sure. So especially with the business side of stuff, I'm more like a designer, an artist type thing as Jared likes to think. with Jared is my brother, my head up in the clouds, just wandering, designing things all day and all night, like a really artsy type who just ignores the rest of the world. But I do need help because I am kind of like that on one side. But I've also realized that you have to market yourself and you have to put yourself out there and no business can ever unless you have a really unique product you can't just like sit there and hope that people start buying from you you really have to put things out there and so a lot of my family helps me my dad is kind of my cutter slash my gopher basically he like helps me pick up things and drop off stuff and kind of anything that I need help with in terms of like logistics he does my mom she used to be in teaching so she does a lot of writing for me in terms of like helping me write blurbs and helping me write maybe like marketing things or listings my aunt and my brother were in the business world my aunt was in inventory and my brother was in the fortune 500 company and so he kind of knows a bit of the business side in terms of like selling and marketing so those two are also really helpful so that's kind of like my little group of people who help me and that's what my team is so family which i find is a good thing
0: Has it been quite helpful having them enter the business?
1: Yes. It's helpful and obviously stressful to deal with family sometimes just because that's the nature of family. But as time goes on and I'm finding more things for them to help me with on the daily, I think it's becoming a lot more helpful. Like very minute things that you wouldn't think like helping me write a contract for maybe someone who's sewing for me or helping... Check in on a pop up to see like how it's going and maybe rearranging things or bringing extra stock there. That's hours literally that I don't have to spend going back and forth somewhere. So it's definitely helpful in that sense. And as time goes on, I think we're forming a really good team and they're really starting to be able to help me with things that maybe they couldn't help me with. For example, my website I designed and created my website wait shut (laughs) out but that was very challenging and it's very time consuming and so just to even have a little help with things like that because again as we were saying at the beginning when I was literally sewing everything and then sizing everything and going out to all these pop-ups like that's a lot of time that now I don't have to spend doing
0: So instead of going out and doing those things, you lead those things to them, and then you focus on creating the product that in turn can be sold.
1: Yeah, exactly. Was
0: it hard for you to ask for help?
1: Yeah, like at the beginning, I didn't even really want to, but my dad, who helps me a lot was kind of saying like, oh yeah, well maybe we should bring like your aunt and your brother in because you know your brother has this and yada yada yada. And so at first, again, I wasn't asking them to help me with my website. Like I wasn't like ready to give away control, which I find a lot of people who are kind of at the head, especially when they're first starting out, are afraid to give away duties to other people. But now I'm like, oh yeah, if you don't mind just stopping into this pop-up for me. And if you don't mind just creating this listing for me, that'll be great because then I have more time to work on the design.
0: Now is a question. What is the one fashion faux pas that you had?
1: Oh, that I had. Can I say, first of all, that I don't believe in fashion faux pas because when I was younger, so maybe this is mine, when I was younger and I was in school I remember wearing orange and pink together I was wearing like this kappa like if anyone remembers kappa and I play soccer so (laughs) I need to preface that with athletics because you know athletic people wear kappa and fila and puma and adidas and stuff but so I was wearing a pink and white kappa sweater and I was wearing maybe an orange shirt and jeans and one of my friends came up to me and she said you know shouldn't wear pink and orange together. (laughs) I was like, oh, really? And She was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, thanks. And and oh, oh, another one for her was, yeah. And you shouldn't be wearing white after Labor Day.
0: Why is Um, that a thing?
1: Yeah, that's a thing here. And so many people ignore that rule now, but yeah, I don't believe in fashion faux pas probably for the reason that I've committed every fashion faux pas <laughs> like brown and black. Oh. <laughs> so oh no, brown times. and black
0: go so well together.
1: Yeah, they do. I think what people are trying to say is like there's certain colors of brown and black like dark brown and dark black or like navy and black people say you're not supposed to, but you know what? If it looks good, then don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, based on your body. Yeah. If you feel comfortable wearing it, do it. Exactly. This is coming from a fashion designer back <laughs>
1: Yeah. So she knows better than me. <laughs> no, seriously, because you're going to feel best in what you think looks best. Even if someone's telling you that doesn't look good, there's a hundred other people out there who's thinking, oh, that looks fresh.
0: Right? I'm a firm believer that if you wear anything with confidence... People will love it.
1: For sure. For sure. I'll start to think that's a style. Oh, my God. This must be coming from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, new trend alert. I'm telling you, as long as you wear it with confidence, I do not believe in saying, oh, I don't like what that person's wearing or, oh, that person really shouldn't be wearing that. I've just always believed that. Probably, again, because I've committed so many things that you just shouldn't (laughs) You just shouldn't do. (laughs) But... Yeah, I don't believe, like, if you're standing there judging what somebody else is wearing, people are probably thinking the same about you, even if you think it's, like, very simple what you're wearing. I don't even go there. Like, there's no space in my brain to criticize in a bad manner what other people are wearing. I'm more likely to be like, oh, my God, I love that. Like, that looks sick.
0: That's sick. I love that. Positivity all around. No negative (laughs) thoughts here. Please. Makes me with that. What is the one piece of clothing that you think makes the whole outfit? For myself, I think pants make the whole outfit. Yeah. Because pants will dictate what shoes that you wear. Right. And then what top that you wear. So I think pants are like the number one staple for me personally.
1: Yeah. That is an excellent question. See, I feel like for me and maybe for women, it's the opposite. Because depending on if you're heavy-busted... Or smaller busted, like a top can make or break it, right? Like the top will determine the entire outfit. So maybe I would go with top, but actually I'm going to change that and say jacket. I feel like jackets make or break. Because think about it, at least living in Canada, eight months out of the year, you're wearing a jacket on top of your stuff. Most people.
0: That's why I left Ontario.
1: (laughs) Most people, yeah. So maybe just Ontario, but... If you're wearing a jacket and you just threw on kind of any jacket, you could have elevated your look with a jacket. The simplest thing. And because I feel like people often don't think about it, they spend more money, especially on winter, on like shirts and pants, I guess. Nobody's seeing your shirt phone. Huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're seeing your jacket. Yeah. And I find that... Buying a sick jacket or a few good jackets to have throughout the winter are gonna serve you so much better than having like nice shirts.
0: What's a one staple for winter? I think scarves are. Fantastic. One accessory that you have, must have for winter:
1: scarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are I completely agree. the scarves, most amazing. Thing. Scarves change the game. I have a neon green scarf. If I remember correctly, one time I had a neon green scarf on and I got a compliment from like an older like gentleman. Like, like, oh, I like Jeez. your scarf. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> So yeah, so I definitely think scarves, you can do you can get a large chunky one, you can get a small dainty one, like if you're wearing a nicer jacket. So I think scarves definitely elevate your look. I'm a
0: large scarf kind of yeah, guy.
1: Yeah, I love those large scarves.
0: They just keep you so nice and cozy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's the added bonus of being warm.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can't go wrong. Now that we've talked about the business, the creator side of things and the process of everything and how everything is done. I think now it's time to ask where do you see your brand in five to ten years from now
1: I think that at least within where I am now I want to do more wholesale so in terms of trying to reach out to stores like across let's say like Canada and then within the next ten years overseas and get my clothes into stores right so people who are willing to pay for them instead of really doing pop-up and commission structured stores that's my main thing another thing would be to be in like a vancouver fashion week i know you and my brother live in vancouver so that would be awesome i hear vancouver fashion week is really nice So within the next five years, I would say that's one of my goals. And then eventually within the next five, ten years, maybe like New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, London Fashion Week. Those are definitely goals to be in. And with that kind of an expansion of my brand in terms of, as I've said in this conversation I would love to design like dresses, so right now I'm mainly designing accessories, so fanny packs, bags, and women's clothing, shirts, and I've just started to branch into pants, and I've done some men's things like bomber jackets, and so I really want to kind of expand to do more formal wear suits. I don't think so, just because I'm not a tailor. That is a completely different profession. You never know. Maybe I'll find a good manufacturer where I can float designs to. But that wouldn't be something that I would take on, I think, on my own. But those are definitely things that I could see myself doing in the next 5 to 10 years.
0: I love it. And I'm very confident that all those things that you mentioned (laughs) will happen.
1: I'm very
0: confident. Are you happy?
1: I feel like that's such a hard question. The short answer is yes. (laughs) Let's stick with that. Yes. I'm very happy right now, but again, you know, I want to expand and I want to be able to do this full time.
0: Now, plug in the IG and the website (laughs) and all that good stuff. On
1: mode. Okay. (laughs) We're the best. (laughs) So, my IG is at signed by Dahlia. Signed, so S-I-G-N-E-D-B-Y-D-A-H-L-I-A-H. So, that's at signed by Dahlia. My Instagram My website is www.signedbydahlia.com. I have an Etsy signed by Dahlia, my Facebook, my Pinterest signed by Dahlia. And eventually I'm going to get a Twitter. So that'll be signed by Dahlia too.
0: Thank you for your time today. I really do appreciate it. I learned a lot about fashion (laughs) and a lot about things that I did not know, especially the creating aspect of things. That was quite good. Thank Thank you so
1: much much for having me. I really enjoy it. I can't wait to see where your podcast goes. I'm sure it's going to be amazing.
0: So for the people today, the question of the day is going to be, if you're a creator, what is your process? And where do you see yourself taking that passion of yours? Whatever it is that you're creating, where do you see yourself taking it? Once again, if you would like to talk about these kind of things, you can reach me on Instagram at lewhatnowpod, which is WhatNowPod. Thank you so much, guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening in. And we'll see you on the next episode. Ciao.